The Atlanta Braves were humbled over the weekend by the rival New York Mets as they were just completely outplayed in every facet of the ballgame, losing a five-game series and dropping to six and a half games back in the division. We're going to dive deep into the stats to ask to answer the question, is this Braves team really that good, and what do they need to change going forward in order to be able to compete with the New York Mets and the likes of the teams at the top of the National League in the postseason. We'll cover all that, give you a minor league update as well on today's Monday episode of Lockdown Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Check out my links there to see everywhere I am covering the game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves where you can be part of the podcast, send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have. I'll be doing a mailbag episode tomorrow, so make sure that you send those questions in. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit that thumbs up button, and hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever we post a new episode. And thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen each and every day. Posting episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. And I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by Vroom, V-R-O-O-M. With Vroom, you can buy a car entirely online and have it delivered straight to you so you never have to go to a dealership again. So next time you need to buy a car, just grab your phone, go to Vroom.com and check out thousands of great cars. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about the series against the New York Mets. Obviously not a great one for the Braves, but I want to talk about Really want to focus most of this podcast on is what's going wrong with the Braves? Why aren't they able to compete with the Mets? What needs to change? I'm going to dive deep in the numbers to really answer the question, is this Braves team really that good? Are they one of the better teams in all of baseball? And if not, what needs to change in order for them to get to that level? Also, at the end of this podcast, I want to give a minor league update. Haven't done one of those in a while. Hopefully that'll be a little bit more encouraging than what we saw over the weekend, but hope you stick around with me in this podcast because I've gone through a lot of numbers here, really just trying to to find out the areas of weakness for the Braves and why they're coming up short in these big games, and I think you got some numbers that are really going to open your eyes, but before we get into that, first just want to talk briefly about the series against the Mets, and I don't want to I don't want to stay on this too much because not a lot of good Came out of that a five-game series, and the Braves pick up one win in that series. They were just completely outplayed in every aspect of the game by the Mets. It's really what we saw in the last series when the Braves played the Mets. They're now six and a half games back in the division. The division race is looking uh, rough at this point. It's hard to imagine the Braves really coming back from this after the way they played this past weekend. And... For me, it comes down to starting pitching. Talked about this on the postcast with Grant McCauley. When you look at these two teams, it really comes down to the starting pitching. Who is able to get to the starter in those first five, six innings of a game? That's ultimately what has determined these last you know seven games that they played. I mean, that's what determines a lot of games. But when you look at the head-to-head pitching matchups, it's really coming down to the starting pitching 
in these series. And you look at the Braves starters in this series overall, 24 innings pitch, that's four and two-thirds innings per game. So on average, Brave starters aren't making it through five innings. In fact, over the weekend, only Max Freed and Kyle Wright made it into the sixth inning. Uh, Anderson and Odorizzi both came just short at four and two-thirds innings. So you're not getting a lot of length out of the starting pitching. Also, Spencer Strider went two and two-thirds. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. You can throw that start out the window because of C.B. Buckner. But either way, Brave starters are not giving you much length in the game. You look at the Mets, it wasn't much better. They pitched 25 innings in this game. That's five innings pitched per game. But that takes into account the Taiwan Walker start where he only went one inning. All of their other starters went at least five and two-thirds innings in this series or five and a third innings um so again Mets pitchers are giving you length Braves pitchers starting pitchers are not you compare hits the Braves pitchers starters gave up 32 hits each starter gave up at least six hits now you compare that to the Mets starters they only allowed 19 hits and only Taiwan Walker allowed more than four hits in a start you look at the walks and this is the one for me 12 walks given up by Braves starters, only five by Mets starters, and three of those came from David Peterson. And on the Braves side, Max Reed only walked one of those. So the other 11 came from the other four starters in the series. So that right there is a big difference that comes really into approach at the offense on the offensive side. We'll talk more about that here in a minute as well. You look at earned runs, Braves starters gave up 18 earned runs, Mets starters gave up 13, but again, eight of those came against Taiwan Walker. You look at strikeouts, Braves lead the league in strikeouts, they're great at striking out batters, right? 21 strikeouts in 24 innings for Braves starters compared to 35 strikeouts or 34 strikeouts by Mets pitchers in 25 innings pitch. So by all accounts, again, especially you take out the Taiwan Walker start, Met starters are just out pitching the Braves starters. And again, some of that has to do with the the two offenses as well and the offensive approach by the Mets hitters and the lack of approach by Braves hitters. But when it comes down to it, if the Braves are going to beat the Mets, their starters are going to have to do a better job of limiting damage and pitching deeper into games. And that has yet to happen. It did not happen at all in this series. You know, Max Freed had the the best outing of all Brave starters, as you might imagine. And, you know, he still allowed four runs, only two of them earned. Defense really hurt him in that game. But still, he gave up six hits and a walk. Not terrible. But, again, if, if the Braves are going to turn this narrative around against the Mets, for me, it all comes down to the starting pitching, which has been great for the Braves outside of the series against the Mets. Something has to change there. They have to be able – to throw more strikes, to go deeper into games, and to limit damage. Again, in the second segment, I'm going to break down all these stats, and I'm going to give you um, some reasons or, or some things that the Brave starters could work on overall in order to help them do that. I mentioned Spencer Strider start. Home plate umpiring was atrocious in this series for both sides, and I'm not saying that it would have made a difference in the outcome of any of these games, but for Strider's start in particular, you might as well just throw it out the window. C.B. Buckner did him no favors in that start, constantly squeezing him, getting him behind in counts, making him throw more pitches. Look, again, an, an eight-hour delay in the first inning didn't help. 
His defense did not help him. He got a couple of ground balls that could have been double plays in that first inning that weren't turned, made him have a 30-pitch first inning. So, you know, he didn't do himself any favors by, you know, not throwing, I guess, better strikes for C.B. Buckner. But for me, you throw this start out the window window for Spencer Strider. He It was just absolutely taken away from him by C.B. Buckner. And the strike zones in all five games, I thought, were quite terrible. But obviously the one on Sunday by C.B. Buckner was just awful and the worst of them all. Look, the Mets are a better team. Like I said, none of that probably has anything to do with the outcome of this series at all. But the Mets are just a better team right now. And there's still seven games head-to-head. The Braves really got to figure something out in order to come back because you pretty much have to win all of them, at least six of them, if you have any chance of coming back and winning this division. All that said, all that very negative, the Braves are still a postseason team. They're five games up on a postseason spot. They're three games up on the Phillies, who are red hot for a wild for the top wild card spot. But they got to make some adjustments down the stretch. They have to get locked in for these last fifty-two games. And look, this is just one adjustment. And I'm not putting everything on Marcelo Zuna. I know you're paying him a lot. He can't be in my lineup every day right now. He is a wasted at bat. I know he makes a lot of hard contact. So does everybody else in this Braves lineup. Something has to change. For me, I'm putting Robbie Grossman in there for the time being. He is he is playing every day for me over Marcelo Zuna. Righty, lefty, I don't care. Grossman's a switch hitter. I know he's better against lefties. I've loved the at-bats I've seen. Limited sample size. I'm putting Grossman in there right now over Marcelo Zuna. I just can't take Ozuna in this lineup right now. And at least Grossman does something different for you. He... He doesn't. He makes more contact. He walks more. He's in the 99th percentile in chase rate. He doesn't chase a lot of pitches, and he's a better runner. So I need Robbie Grossman in there over Marcelo Zuna. Again, I'm not putting all the blame on Marcelo Zuna. I just think the Braves need a change in the lineup. They need some different types of hitters in their lineup other than these all-or-nothing up-and-down batters that they have. Um, last thing I wanted to mention, just some news um, from the weekend. Travis Darno, scary injury at home. Home plate, still no idea how they overturned that call, but uh, Travis Darno did get injured in that game. Collision with Pete Alonso had left. Looks like he'll at least be out this week. Braves called up Chadwick Trump to back up William Contreras, um, but they're thinking that Travis could be back for the weekend series against the Marlins. Ian Anderson, demoted to AAA. <laughs> Normally, this would be big news that we'd be talking about, and maybe we will later in the week. Sounds like he could start in one of the doubleheader games this weekend against the Marlins still before getting sent down to AAA. Again, I do want to follow up on that, but we don't really have the time today because the next segment, I really want to break down the key stats for the Braves, why they're struggling against these good teams, and what needs to change for them going forward. We'll talk about that next. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond the world's largest professional network of over over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. 
Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The way the Mets have just completely dismantled the Atlanta Braves in their last seven games has led to a lot of questions from Braves fans. Is this team really that good? How do they stack up against the best teams in the league? So that's really what I want to dive into here. And I've looked at a lot of numbers, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you trying to answer this question. Are the Braves really a good team? And what do they need to do in order to be one of the best teams in order to defend their world championship title? Overall, this team's 64 and 46. That's a good record. I mean, look, whatever I'm about to say next, 64 and 46 is a good record. That is not a record of a bad baseball team. Record versus teams below 500 is 43 and 20. A lot of people will point to that and say that's the only reason the Braves are a good team. That's what good teams do. They beat teams they're supposed to. Something the Braves didn't do in the first month of the season, which really got them behind. But that's what good teams do. They beat up on bad teams. Records versus teams above 500, they are 21 and 26. That is the 12th best record against teams above 500. Now, you have to take into account a lot of factors there, the teams that the Braves are matching up with. And that doesn't help the Braves either because they have one of the weakest schedules so far in all of baseball. They've played the 24th weakest schedule so far, this according to baseball reference. But the Braves are 21-26 and 26 against teams above 500. You look at teams with rent, winning records against teams above 500, it's the Dodgers, Yankees, Mets, Astros, Guardians, and Brewers. And that's where I think the stat can be a little misleading because the Guardians and Brewers are playing in the Central who obviously are the two weakest divisions in all of baseball. Um, but still, those are really good teams. Those are playoff teams, and good teams beat other good teams more often. They're actually Braves are actually 15-10 and 10 in one-run games, which I found a little surprising, um, but they're 3-6 and six in extra inning games. I guess that shouldn't be surprising. I, I talked about it last week when I was talking about the bullpen, and is the Braves' bullpen really good or not? They're 25-16 and 16 in two-run games, so... They are doing a great job in those close games, except for the extra inning, innings games. 37 and 22 at home, 27 and 24 on the road, 16 and 2 in day games. That has been widely noted how bad they've been in day games. Winning record against every division, that's combining the AL East and NL East, AL Central, NL Central, and so on. Um, but they have a winning record against every division, and they have a winning record in interleague play. Uh, I mentioned they played the 24th week as scheduled so far, and they have a plus 81 run differential, and that's sixth best in all of baseball. So, again, it's kind of hard to to look into those and say, is this a good team or not? You know, everything, the run differential, winning record against every division, winning record in close games, the only thing that really stands out is a losing record against good teams and the date game situation. Um, those are the only thing only thing that really goes against the Braves. So let's dive a little deeper. Let's look at stats uh, in terms of hitting and pitching. For hitting their fourth and runs, seventh and hits, fifth and doubles, second and home runs, but 23rd fewest walks, second most strikeouts, 14th in stolen bases, seventh most caught stealing, 11th in average, 18th in on-base percentage, third in slugging, fourth in OPS, 
They're the only team in baseball this year without a sacrifice bunt. I don't know that that accounts for anything, but I thought it was worth mentioning. 24th in sacrifice flies. If anything, I just believe that goes to tell you this team does not play small ball. They are not looking to move runners over. They are looking to hit a home run, which is what we're going to talk about a little bit more later. They have the eighth highest Babbitt batting average on balls in play. So a lot of people like to point at the luck for the Mets. You got to let that go. The the Mets, it's been almost, it's over 110 games now, or it's been 110 games. The Mets exceed that way because they put the ball in play. And even when the Braves are doing so, they have a 297 batting average on balls in play. Again, that's eighth highest in baseball. The Mets are at 303. That's not that big of a difference. The reason the Braves are getting that high of a Babbitt is because when they put the ball in play, they they hit the ball hard. The reason the Mets is that high is because they just put the ball in play a lot, and you do that, and you're going to get more hits. That's just common sense. Um, the Braves have the third highest exit, average exit velocity and the third highest hard hit percentage. Again, they put the ball in play. They hit the ball really hard. This is where it gets bad, though. They have the fourth highest chase rate in all of baseball it means they're chasing a ton of pinches pitches. They have the highest whiff percentage in all of baseball, which means they are swinging and missing the most. And they have the second worst zone contact percentage. That means even when they're swinging at pitches in the zone, they're not making enough contact. It is an all or nothing approach for this Braves offense. And there's just, there's nothing in between there. When they're making contact, they're hitting the ball hard, they're slugging, they're hitting home runs, but there's nothing in between there. If they're not doing that, then they're striking out. They're not putting the ball in play. They're missing, swinging and missing a ton. Now, looking at the pitching staff, they're 7th in ERA, they're 11th in whip, they have the 11th most walks, but they're 19th in walks per nine. They have the most strikeouts, as I mentioned earlier, the Mets are 2nd but they're third in strikeouts per nine innings, where the Mets are first in strikeouts per nine innings. They're 23rd in pitches per inning, which I thought was pretty, um, pretty interesting stat there. They average 16.59 pitches per inning. You really want to be under 15. Uh, so the Braves are over that, throwing a lot of pitches. 22nd in double plays. That goes a lot into the defensive positioning as well, and that really started last year. Now, there's a lot of... A lot of talk about the Braves changing up their shifting and defensive positioning for why they kind of got hot in the second half of last year. But the one thing I've noticed, even when they were good last year, but this year as well, they're just not great at turning double plays, and that's really hurt them a lot. 22nd uh, most double plays. Sixth in average exit velocity. Braves start pitching doesn't give up a lot of hard hits. Eighth in hard hit percentage. Third in whip percentage. Seventh in chase percentage. I mean, the Braves get a lot of swing and misses. They get a lot of strikeouts. They're sixth in weak contact percentage. Um, but this is another interesting stat. kind of goes in lines with the pitches per inning. They're 20th in first pitch strike percentage. So they're just not throwing a lot of first pitch strikes. They're falling behind and having to come back, throwing a lot more pitches, leading into the other stat that we talked about. They've given up the 28th fewest home runs. It kind of feels like that's not the case because I think when the Braves pitching gives up home runs, it stands out, but they don't give up a lot of home runs. They strike out a lot of batters. Braves pitching staff is pretty good. There's a couple of things here that stand out. We'll talk about in just a second, but in conclusion, looking at all those stats, looking at the records, this is a good team, but they have some obvious weaknesses. It's not a top five team. They're not in that upper echelon. They're a top 10 team, but it's still a good 
team. But again, they have some obvious weaknesses, and I'm going to go over some of those. Offensively, too much swing and miss. It's just plain and simple. There's just too much swing and miss. You have the highest whiff percentage in all of baseball. Too many strikeouts kind of goes along with that. Just not putting the ball in play enough. Not enough walks as well. And that's why the on-base percentage is just not that high where it should be. They're 18th in on-base percentage. I think I, I may have skipped over that. They're 18th in on-base percentage. That's just not high enough for a great team. Too much station to station as well. I couldn't really, you know, point this out from the stats, but outside of Michael Harris, Ronald Acuna Jr., and Dansby Swanson, this is a station to station ball club. You're not seeing too many players take the extra base. You're not seeing too many players go first to third. And that's also hurting the Braves' chances in scoring runs. You know, combine that with the fact that they. They don't sacrifice at all, as we've seen. No sack bunts all year long. And they're not great at getting runners in from third on a sacrifice fly either. Um, so there's just too much station to station. The base base paths are getting clogged up, and they're waiting on that home run instead of manufacturing runs. That's a big problem for this offense. Now, if you change that approach, because what makes the Braves so good, what makes their offensive numbers for the most part so good, is they hit a, a lot of home runs and they slug. If you change that approach where you want less swing and miss, where you want more contact, does that take that away? Does that take away some of that power? Do you sacrifice power for more contact? That's a question I, I don't have an answer to, but I think there has to be some sort of in-between there. I think there has to be some sort of middle ground um, for this offense in order for them to succeed and be more consistent. Because too many times we're seeing them put up Eight runs one game and no runs the next game. And it's just, it's too inconsistent with this offense. If they get the two or three run homer, if they're getting three home runs a game, they put up big numbers. But if those home runs aren't coming, this offense really slows down and struggles to score. There has to be some sort of middle ground there with the offense. The pitching side, I still believe the pitching is very good. I know in the first segment, I started talking about the starting pitching and how bad they've been, but that's because the Mets are just a really bad matchup for the weaknesses of this starting pitching. And that is too many walks, not getting ahead enough. And that's exactly what the Mets do good on the offensive side is they will take pitches. They are very comfortable hitting with two strikes and they don't walk. They foul off pitches. They put the ball in play. That's just a terrible matchup for what the weaknesses of this Braves pitching staff is they really rely on hitters swinging and missing, chasing pitches out of the zone. Mets hitters do not do that. So it's a nightmare matchup for the Braves pitching staff. They have to change that. They waste too many pitches even when they get ahead. Even since the Strider yesterday I, when at bats when he got ahead, when he got a call from C.B. Buckner, he's throwing sliders way outside the zone that nobody's ever even going to think about chasing. And that's not just to call out Spencer Strider. That's all Braves pitchers except for maybe Max Freed. They're all throwing too many waste pitches when they get ahead in the counts, and that's driving up that pitch count as well. So, And you ask the same questions for the pitching staff. If you throw more strikes, if you're in the zone more, does that take away some of the strikeouts? Does that make you more vulnerable to give up more hard contact? Because, again, Braves don't give up a lot of hard contact. They strike out a ton of batters, but they're also throwing a lot of pitches. They're leaving games early. They're walking too many batters. Again, got to be some sort of middle ground there. Um, and that's kind of my next point. There needs to be some balance. There has to be some in-between. The offense has to have a feel for the game 
and knowing when you're down by three, you just need a base runner. A solo home run's not going to do you much good. You need to get on base and move the line in those situations. And you just don't see that. You don't see a change in approach from these hitters. It's the same thing every time up there for every swing. It's trying to hit one out of the ballpark. And yes, it happens a lot. But when it's not happening and you're striking out, that does no good. So again, there's got to be some sort of in-between, some sort of feel, knowing the situation, when you just need to make contact and when you do need to go all out and swing for that home run. There's just got to be some sort of feel for how the game is going and what situation the game is in. And there has to be some adjustment. For the pitchers, for me, it just comes down to getting ahead, limiting the walks. Again, I think this pitching staff is still really good. That they just got to change that one thing about them and be more aggressive in the zone, trusting their really good stuff, which gets all that weak contact. Um, and I think they'll be just fine. I have more confidence in the pitching staff going forward than I do the offense right now. So the, the other question here is what happened last postseason? Because this is the same team, same approach we saw last offseason. And again, I don't have the stats to prove it from the from going back to last postseason. But it just seemed like the Braves hitters were more locked in in the postseason for whatever reason. And maybe they flipped that switch this year. I, I don't know. I think that's, you know, a lot of wishful thinking. But it just seemed like the at-bats were much better. You go to the Jorge Solero bat, at bat in game six. I know Solero's no longer with the team. But I think this was evident throughout the Braves' playoffs last year, not just with Solero, but a lot of the other Braves hitters who are still here. But you go back to that at-bat in game six before the big three-run homer that ended the World Series. It was a ball, a swinging strike, a ball, a ball. He's in a 3-1 hitter's count. Takes a called strike, so it's 3-2. and two. He fouls off two really good pitches and then gets one that he can hammer, and it goes for a three-run homer, and the Braves win the World Series. Again, it wasn't just Solaire doing that, although Solaire was great at that when he was with the Braves. You saw almost every Braves hitter having that type of a bat. We just don't see that right now. And again, Maybe it's because of lack of focus. Maybe they're just waiting on the postseason. I don't know. That that seems like a bad strategy. But I would love to see more of that in these regular season games, these last 52. See them turn that around and put that focus on. And every at-bat have that type of intensity and focus. We're seeing innings right now where they go up there and it's five pitches and they're out. And it's three-week ground balls and and they're out of the inning. It just That just can't happen. We have to see more consistent good at bats from this lineup. We're just not getting that right now. So again, I know that's a lot of rambling, a lot of talk. Hopefully it was very insightful for you and kind of looking at what the weaknesses are of this team and what needs to change going forward. But ultimately for the offense, it's it's better approach at the plate, having more consistent at bats, putting the ball in play more, and just having a feel really for me, having a feel and approach for the situation of the game. They just don't have that they're too station to station. Um, again, uh, for me, it's just it's just a lack of focus, a lack of approach by each hitter. It's the same thing every time up there. There's got to be some change there for the pitching. Get ahead. Stop wasting pitches. Trust your stuff in the zone. That's really it for the pitching side of things. I think the Braves can get there, but they got some work to do over these last 52 games to get there.
BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one source online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening. BetOnline, where the game starts. It's been a while since I did a minor league update. So what I wanted to do um, today is go over the last 30 days for the top 10 prospects that I have right now. As always, if you disagree with my top 10, let me know who you think should be in there. And as some of these newly drafted prospects start playing, which we'll talk about some of those as well, they'll obviously start coming into this list. Von Grissom for me is by far the top prospect for the Braves, and he has been on fire since coming up to double A on July 12th. 21 games, he's 30 for 87, two doubles, a triple, three homers, 10 runs, 12 runs batted in, seven stolen bases, four walks at 13 strikeouts. You know, he's been kind of even throughout his career. You're going to see that change a little bit as he goes up levels, but still hitting the ball well, slashing 345, 394, 494 since getting called up to Mississippi. Kyle Muller, uh, been injured, so he hasn't pitched a lot of in the last 30 days. He just returned this past Saturday. Defense kind of let him down in that one, but really kind of calmed down after that first inning. Two games started, 10 and two-thirds innings, 13 hits, just one walk, seven earned runs, and 12 strikeouts. That's a 591 ERA and a 131 whip. Honestly, believe if not for the injury, we may have seen him up already replacing Ian Anderson, um, but we're going to see him need to see him get a little bit healthy. It is his non-pitching hand that got hurt, but uh, obviously he'll need to get Rant back up. We'll see if he gets a chance this coming Saturday or if they stick with Ian Anderson. Uh, but Kyle Moeller, you know, right now, just hoping he gets back healthy and back on the mound. Um, Jared Schuster, he got called up to Gwinnett. His first two starts there, not great. 11 innings, 12 hits, just two walks, but six earned runs, seven strikeouts, a 491 ERA, and a 127 whip. Freddie Tarnock has been outstanding since he got called up to Gwinnett. Four games, 21 and two-thirds innings, 13 hits, five walks, five earned, 20 strikeouts. That's a 208 ERA and a 0.83 whip and a 171 batting average against. So Freddie Tarnock finally starting to put it all together and doing so at AAA now, which is great. Bryce Elder, who we got to see over the weekend for the Braves, uh, three games started with uh, with Gwinnett in the past 30 days, 19 innings, 17 hits, four walks, 15 or five earned runs, uh, 17 strikeouts. Um, that's a two, 237 ERA and a 111 whip. So great numbers for Bryce Elder. And I thought he looked solid over the weekend. I know he had a rough inning there, but again, just one of those innings against against the Mets. But Darius Vines has been on fire. And I had actually dropped him out of my top 10 earlier in the year as he's struggling, but he is definitely back in there now. Four games started over the last 30 days, 25 innings, just 13 hits, four walks, only two earned runs, and 28 strikeouts for a 0.72 ERA and a 0.68 whip. He has been outstanding. Ambioris Tavares, finally getting to see him in game action. He's 5 for 14 for the FCL rookie Braves. Two doubles, four runs, two runs batted in, a walk and five strikeouts. So, again, small sample size there, but glad to see him finally on the field. A.J. smith Shaver, three games started, 12 innings, 10 hits, four walks, seven earned, 16 strikeouts. A 525 ERA, but a 117 whip. Some odd numbers there for AJ Smith Shaver and 16 strikeouts in 12 innings. 
Cal Conley, I'm adding him to this list. He's been really good lately. 21 games, 27 for 87, six doubles, a triple, five home runs, 17 runs scored, and 18 runs batted in, six stolen bases, seven walks, and 19 strikeouts, slashing 310, 365, 575. Cal Conley really getting it going, stepping up as a good hitting prospect for the Braves. Brandon Mesquita, I really like him. This past month's been a struggle. He's been injured. He's gotten hit in the head twice, so he's only played in 11 games, only 8 for 41 at the plate. Um, but I do like him going forward, but hopefully he stops getting hit in the head. Uh, we can see him kind of continue his good season. A couple of new prospects that are starting to play at the FCL Rookie League. Drake Baldwin, 3 for 8, 2 doubles. Uh, David McCabe, over 6 with a walk. And Ignacio Alvarez, 2 for 7. Haven't seen any of the pitchers i think jason franks has pitched in a game but haven't seen other any of the newly drafted pitchers uh, make a start yet or pitch in some games for the fcl Braves. so i'll keep an eye on that as we continue to do our minor league updates on mondays going forward for the rest of the season i'll be sure to keep you up to date with what's going on there well that'll do it for this episode of lockdown braves you hung in there with me till the end i appreciate it again uh, i thought that was very insightful stuff to go through as the braves numbers and breaking down are they really a good team? What needs to change? So hopefully you enjoyed that. Again, if you did stick around to the end, I really do appreciate it. Thanks for making Locked On Braves your first listen of the day. Now go over and make a Locked On MLB your second listen of the day, where MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure you subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 